<laughs> I, heard you, I heard you boys needed some weekend. <laughs> Where, have I got a deal on a weekend for you? Oh my god, tell me more. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I'll, I'll see you around the corner and like wring your neck or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I made the wrong choice by asking yeah. you to tell me more. Yeah, yeah. How um, you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, dude. I'm uh, I'm in a bit of a weird brain zone right now. I um, I watched Mad God last night. Have you heard oh. of Mad God? I don't think I have Mad God. Okay, so Mad God is this stop motion horror film that oh. was written and directed by Phil Tippett. Who's oh like, yeah, I know Phil Tippett. Yeah, 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 right. He's he's Mister Stop Motion. So like he did all the Star Wars stuff. You know, dude designed Jabba the Hutt. If you saw stop motion in, in like the late seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, like he probably had a hand in it. Um, but yeah, this is his like horror film that he was making for a really long time. Um, and it's just absolutely fucking insane. Um, I can't even really tell you what it's about, but it's just so grotesque and full on. And so I've just been thinking about that for like the last 24 hours. Dude, you know, I actually have looked at the trailer for this game, for this movie. I, yeah. um, I was recommended it, um, or someone at work mentioned it the other day and I was like, what is this? And so I watched the trailer and yeah, it's, it looks like... A, a trip you know it looks like he, he's like taken a lot of acid and just been like yeah let's make it let's make a really long movie apparently he was working on it for ages right like it's been yeah like yeah like 10. i think since 2013 yeah um, a long it time came, it came out in 2021 so yeah like a solid solid seven eight years of, of stop motion and it's like so disgusting it's yeah. just yeah but it's you know it's animation so it's kind of much easier to handle um compared to if it was live action but yeah if you want to go on the weirdest fucking horror trip ever mad god mad god is waiting for you yeah i mean look here's the thing with animation is like i think it's a little bit more digestible sometimes because mm -hmm. stop motion can this as in terms of animation is like one point it's almost like 2.5d you know it's like one point removed from reality and so like mm. When I watched the Anomalisa, there's that like weird oh, yeah. sex scene that feels like kind of strange. And because it's like a doll's doing it, there was like another layer there that was like, someone put this together. There's like a set that existed out there where someone was doing this oh, my in God. reality. And uh, instead of it just being like drawn on a bit of paper, which for some reason seems slightly more removed from that. So yeah, uh, stop motion stuff is, is creepy as hell um, in, a, in, a, in a good way. And I'm glad he decided to do a uh, horror movie with it that's such a dope medium yeah. <laughs> your phone bringing by binging and banging love it oh, love it <laughs> oh my god that was my laptop just like i got some updates <laughs> so good love apple love apple products steve jobs best man that ever lived oh jesus <laughs> dude is rolling in his vegan grave or whatever diet he was on that killed him <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fruitarian? Um, I don't know. I, re I read that biography. Like, dude dude had a lot of talent, but dude had a lot of fucking weird hang-ups, for sure. Yeah, that, that was, yeah. I don't even know. I'm speaking <laughs> way out of my 
come and say whenever I talk about Steve Jobs. Oh, I mean, it's good. It's good trivia knowledge, actually, because, you know, he was diagnosed with cancer yeah. and um, he refused all treatment and lived on a diet of fruit thinking that was the go like total facebook mum meltdown right 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 um, facebook mum <laughs> and like yeah yeah didn't make it you know turns out fruit doesn't kill cancer no yeah yeah <laughs> dude the facebook mum as like an archetype of like modern human is so fascinating to me like oh, there's, there's so many of them and why do they all love minions memes what's with that <laughs> Yeah, it's scary. Look, I don't know if I actually want to go there. Like, even even with the mad god brain zone I'm in, I still, like, the Facebook mum is another echelon above mad god craziness. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are, they are truly, you know, they're like a specimen, like, worth studying. There's got to be some, <laughs> ac- like, peer-reviewed academic papers out there about the Facebook mum, surely. Oh, Jesus. Um, um, yeah. Well, that's, that's good. That's mad god. I'm glad that's- you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And, like, I actually played some parallel stuff. You know, I, I finally gave Scorn a go. Oh, yeah, I saw you playing Scorn on the old game Passerini. Yeah, um, it's just been sitting there for ages and, like, it's taken up a lot of space. And I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just play it. And, yeah. um, man, I found it incredibly boring. Yeah, it's um, pretty dull. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I played it for an hour and... I was doing puzzles and I could see how they're done and just yep. doing them was boring. Being yep. there was boring. I don't know. I feel like the way you played it, where you had a bunch of mates on a, on a call, that yeah, that sounds all right. But yeah, solo, oh my God, it, I was brought to tears. Totally. Yeah, it's um, that's the thing is like once you play that first hour, that's kind of it, you know, just like it just progressively gets a bit more yucky as you go. And that's kind of, right. you know, like if that's all you're in for, then watching Mad God is probably a better experience in terms of like that ex- escalation of yucky. Mm, um, yeah oh i so. mean dude mad god is a very good experience don't get me wrong i'm all i'm all cooked up from it but like i was <laughs> entertained every second during yeah. the film yeah 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 nice um yeah i don't know there, there's a couple of like really nice vignettes and did you get to the point where you go outside in scorn um i don't think i did okay i mean that's that's i would say that's a great stopping point like do that first couple of puzzles go outside find the next area and then turn it off that's yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know i just i felt even the puzzles kind of pretty lame like i could Mm. see what i needed to do but like they were so slow and clunky that actually doing them was not sparking joy I think I, I know the puzzle you're talking about. Is it that egg puzzle where you're, like, yes. arranging the eggs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I can see exactly what I need to do, and I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't want to. So, th- the thing that really got me about that puzzle was, like, it's like the first puzzle you do, right? It's, like, the right. very first thing you come across, I think, apart from maybe yeah. a really small, like, introductory, here's how you move around style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the first puzzle that they expose you to, and it's, like, so shallow, and it's, like appropriation of using the medium and like the visual style mm-hmm. oh, my dog just made a crazy noise um and it's like he, here is like effectively it's like a connect the dot style puzzle right like you're like trying to move it's like trying to get the chicken across the the river without using the boat style puzzle like one of those right but yeah. it's like just with the the scorn skin you know like here's a gigas <laughs> skin on top of like a connect the dots puzzle and it's like, why would you have that as your first puzzle? Because it's like so transparent, you know, like at least have some like other obscure, like I'm not really sure how to 
you know, like a point and click adventure style game where it's like, I've got these things in my inventory and I don't know which one to use. Of course, it's the flambangular and you plug it in. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it needs yeah, to be yeah. kind of nonsensical like that instead of like, oh, it's a logic puzzle just with like, a yucky skin, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I agree. It, it really fell flat. Um, and so like I gave up on school and I was just like, oh, okay, I kind of, you know, I got my 45 minutes worth or whatever I said an hour. Um, yeah. and then I moved on to a puzzle game that I was actually excited for, yeah. um, which is super liminal, which oh, is yes, like, yes, I know uh, this one. Yeah. It's like a non Euclidean puzzle game. Um, which basically means that like, it doesn't obey the like Euclidean rules that govern a lot of the maths that we live by. So like, you know, to, like Euclidean rules state that like two parallel lines will stay parallel. Um, and like, you know, a triangle has to, all the, all the, uh, points equal to 180 degrees, stuff like that. Yeah. So like non-Euclidean just means they're fucking whack. And so I was like, hell yeah, I love this shit. I want to feel whack. And, <laughs> um, man, I got to say, I thought the puzzles were just really not that great. Like mm. it was just you basically searching for the one thing in the room that you could like impact the size of. Yeah. So the way the mechanic works is you pick up like a block and if you hold it close to your eye, so the block is really large and you let go, the block becomes really large in the room. So it's yeah. like your perspective determines the size of the thing. Yeah. Um, and so that it's just room after room, the rooms get really big and you're just walking around trying to find the one thing you can interact with. And it's right. just like a weird... Like, it's not really a puzzle. It's just, it's kind of like looking for the eye to shoot in a Zelda dungeon. Right, okay. But yeah. it's, like, really difficult to find. And so you're just walking around. And, like, as soon as you find it, you solve the puzzle in, like, two seconds. But you spent, like, five minutes looking around, like, a pretty honestly boring room. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I don't know. I did, like, ten puzzles. And I was like, oh, man, this is also boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I was disappointed. Yeah. I think like puzzle games are deceptively hard, you know, like mm. if you've, if you've got like an idea for like a unique take on a puzzle game, it's like, yeah, hell yeah. That's like step one. And then there's like 10 steps after that to like making a, a, a good puzzle game. Um, so yeah, like... I think people fall into that trap a little bit where they're like, yeah, I'm smart enough to make a puzzle game, but they're like, <laughs> you know, they don't know how to solve the Sunday morning Sudoku or whatever. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Look, I mean, I just feel like whenever I play a puzzle game, I'm just like, man, Braid was truly ahead of its time. Like, Braid, you know, it was it was one of the first puzzle games I played that was kind of, um, uh, you know, like, in the moment puzzle solving. Like, yeah. it wasn't kind of like Sudoku where you have, like, a static piece of paper and you've got all the information and you're trying to solve it. It was like, you know, you, the enemies are moving around, time moves with you so if you stop the enemy stop and like it i don't know it just was really kind of simple but like the way they made the puzzles kept you like engaged and with these last two puzzle games it just felt like yeah they had one core concept and they just fucking copy and pasted that concept as many yeah. times as they possibly could yeah that's right there's no like interesting evolution on like a mechanic it's sort of like it's just like here's the same mechanic kind of yeah copy pasted or like with a couple of different enemies around it or something it's just like you know mm. this isn't the essence of what makes 
a good puzzle game a good puzzle game it's just like totally. some someone had like a a funky little idea and said hey let's go and make a full game around this it's like no 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 you don't understand <laughs> denied yeah. funding denied, denied. joe's publisher will not fund yeah. this game <laughs> I, uh, as a person who doesn't really enjoy puzzle games all that much, me having a, a video game publishing company that just puzzle does puzzle games <laughs> is hilarious. That's that's good though. That could be the bar though. You know, like yeah. if you're publishing a puzzle game, it's probably you know it's gonna be pretty enticing. I think I would pu publish a not a. Oh, that's a tongue tight tongue twister. I think I would publish not very many puzzle games at my puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> publishing company oh my god oh jesus so okay. uh on that note how are you how, yeah. how's stuff you've been playing stuff yeah i've been playing some stuff uh i'm good as well it's been a, a full, full full not full on full on in a good way a week couple of weeks of work um right just making mad mad progress um speeding cool. along the speed of sound um <laughs> yeah just having a good time um and yeah, I've been playing some video games. Last night I played a solid like two and a half hours of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Oh, fuck yeah. That game is so good. That game is just like classic video game. Um, yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. Just injected straight into your veins. Totally. Um, it's just yeah. unadulterated video game at like 100,000 miles per second. Yeah. And it doesn't slow down, you know, like there's a couple of sections where like, you know, you watch a cutscene. Uh, that's kind of as slow as it gets, but the cutscenes are fantastic. Uh, totally. And there's like maybe a couple sequences where you're like slow walking and talking on the on the telephone to like various people, which is kind of the slowest that it gets. Right. Um, but it's all for story exposition. Um, mm -hmm. And then yeah, there's like you'll do a boss, and then like immediately after, there's like three of the same boss, but they're like a weaker version of that boss in the next room. So sick. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Um, yeah, I did, I did the boss that, like, comes apart when you try to slice it, the magnetic guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Typhoon? Typhoon Sam or whatever his name is? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, the Metal Gear names. Yeah, yeah. He was... He's so cool. He, like, throws airplanes and tanks at you and, and splits apart. Oh, my God, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's really cool. Um, yeah, so that was, that was fun. Uh, it was fun to play a good video game. I played the first hour or so of Atomic Heart, that new oh, yeah. Game Pass offering from the, the Russian studio. Uh, yeah, that I, it, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I thought it was really... <laughs> I, okay, so I've heard that the voice acting was really bad and people didn't like the main character because he's like a hoorah military man to the uh -huh. nth degree. Like he's like a caricature of that character. Right. Um, and so I put it on like Russian language and then had mm -hmm. subtitles because I, mm -hmm. I know that you like doing that changing the, the language up i was like totally. i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a darian yeah um and it sort of helped but the subtitles were like really small in the bottom of the screen and the way that they came up this is just me being pedantic about the way that information is displayed again in a video uh -huh. game, but it just sucked trying to read them while i'm trying to play the game it wasn't mm -hmm. in a natural like subtitle format i feel like all you got to do is look, look at sbs for the subtitles or look at like, abc for subtitles <laughs> yeah. you're fine yeah, yeah. um and so yeah that, that was pretty rough i sort of got to a point where i was like I don't, I don't like this not having fun exploring this world is kind of boring the enemies are pretty boring i don't really yeah. i don't think it's for me yeah um and then i played a bit of dark tide uh, warhammer dark tide oh yeah 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 with a mate from work that was pretty cool um i can't remember if i mentioned that last week or not i can't remember did i mention that last week 
It's gone. My memory, the brain cells, they've been replaced with mad god images. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's like, uh, it's, it's pretty much just Left 4 Dead, but with a different skin and like a couple of different mission types. Um, right. And, uh, different weapons and stuff yeah it's it's um it's a little bit more complicated than left for dead which i think is kind of the beauty of left for dead it was like this really condensed down simple formula that you just like went through over and over again yeah i mean it was it was before we had the onslaught of like rpg mechanics yeah yeah and so this doesn't have quite so many rpg mechanics but there is like a loot shooter looter style system where you're like not looting in the mission but you know there's like a shop and you can afford buy weapons and make make them better and all that sort of stuff um, right yeah the old stat grind um so there's that part of it as well which is fine um there was another one that i was supposed to say as well but i forgot it. Oh i think god i love it. this you're really you're just smashing some games the last couple of weeks you know it doesn't feel like i mean smashing games but i'm glad you think so uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's it. I think that's it. Nice, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, you got some uh, chicken feed for the uh, thirsty audience and I me. Do. Yeah, I do. Uh, this is sort of cobbled together from the leftovers from the the night shift version of, <laughs> of the chicken feed. Right. The delivery yeah. didn't arrive. We're scrambling to just get enough chicken into the deep fryer. Yeah. Yeah. This is like you asked for delivery, but they delivered it to the wrong house. And by the time you get it, it's got like half of the things inside that you thought it would. Oh yeah. That's cooked. All right. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Um, so first piece of news is um, Wulong, the... Um, for Wurlong Fallen Destiny, that game that's new on out on Game Pass, that um, I think it's Chinese developed, uh, Dark Souls looking um, oh. game that just came out, uh, is having trouble with its performance on PC apparently. Oh, hey folks, it's uh, it's your boy Joe here. Uh, listen, I made a mistake here, and uh, I said that Wurlong Fallen Destiny, uh is coming out or it came out and it did but i spoke about it as if it was a different game called black myth wukong i got these two mixed up uh black myth wukong is not out yet and that is the journey to the west game that i was re referencing woe long fallen destiny dynasty oh my god woe long fallen dynasty looks um more like a neo clone mixed with some other Dark Souls elements. Whereas Black Myth Wukong looks more like a Journey to the West uh, Chinese-developed uh, adventure game. So there you go. Gah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, man. Um, that seems yeah. to be a common theme the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah. Release is not running well on PC for some reason. Yeah, this was a one that I, I sort of foresaw, though. Team Ninja did it. Um, it is, you know, when you look at the trailers and look at all of the stuff that's been coming out for it so far, it's just like, oh, yeah, this is... Even in the trailers, it's running at, like, a slower frames per second than I would ideally like it to. Right, um, right. And so, you know, if they're running... If that's the trailer, then, you know, what you're going to get is probably not not the greatest. And so, yeah, I think it's like a wait-a-couple-of-months-style thing before you go and try and play that on PC, at least. I'm not sure about the PlayStation 5, but... 
Um, it looks like it might be your your thing. It's like um, Journey to the West style. What's that guy's character? The monkey character? Um, oh, monkey character? Journey yeah. to the West? I yeah, this is ringing any bells. Uh, Wukong. It's like a Wukong style character. You ever heard of Wukong? No. Oh, wow. Um, so Journey to the West is this like classic um, Chinese, not fairy tale, but like mythology. Um, it's a story about a sort of all-powerful god character who uh, can make himself really big or make himself really small. He can transform right. into all sorts of different characters. He's got this like special staff that can like get really long or really mm -hmm. short. It's sort of lots mm -hmm. of like transformational stuff. Um, but yeah, there's cool. there's a there's a, all different sorts of retellings of the journey to the west, and um, yeah, he's just a really prominent character in a lot of media. So yeah, I'm surprised that you haven't heard of the, the monkey monkey king Wulong, well Wukong before. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of Journey to the West or Wukong. Wow. Um, so, yeah, this is a little bit disappointing, um, but sort of I sort of foresaw it in the tea leaves. You've read the tea leaves. Yeah, well, this is the studio that did the Neo games, and mm. um, I have the Neo games sitting there, and I'm really excited um, to get into them, but I just haven't got into them yet. So, yeah, I, I mean, if it's kind of in that same vein of like difficult boss spectacle souls like dealio like that that sounds fun yeah i think it will be your thing um it does look a lot like neo um, right, I, was, right. I was trying to remember the name of that game while i was talking but i just couldn't come up with it so thank you <laughs> um suicide squad kill the justice league had a big showcase earlier in the week uh showing off some gameplay from their much anticipated hero looter shooter live servicey good time that people have been really hyped about for some reason that i don't understand not myself yeah that sounds dangerous kind of sounds like gotham knights but online yeah so there's been, um, they, they had another one of these style games earlier that actually just announced that it was shuttering its um, servers. Uh, it was a Marvel game. You played the Marvel heroes and you could play like, you know, Tony Stark or um, uh, the, the, the Hulk or whatever, you know, like you could, you could what are you laughing about? It's <laughs> like the first Marvel hero you could think of is Tony Stark, who's the I, normal version. I couldn't of think of Iron Marvel. Man, all right? My brain, I don't know what's going on today. My brain is cooked. I'm having the worst time trying to think uh, of these things. This is what so I'm saying. Funny. This chicken is just like, you know, salvaged from the, the bottom of someone's footwell out of that car. Oh um, my God. So, so yeah, it's, it's another one of those. Um, but people are kind of ups upset about this one because like, at least in the Marvel one of these, it was like, you know, when you played the Hulk, you were smishing and smashing. And when you played mm -hmm. Iron Man, you were flying around shooting and looting. Um, mm -hmm. But in this one, it kind of looks like they've just given, you know, like Harley Quinn, like an SMG. And they've given um, Cap <laughs> Captain Boomerang, like a sniper rifle and an SMG. And they've given like Shark Man an SMG. You know, like it's, it's just like... <laughs> They've got all of these like kind of interesting villain characters who all have their own special abilities and like quirks or whatever. Um, right. but they've all just got SMGs or like, you know, they've all just got the same loot. And so it doesn't really, it seems like kind of a waste. Um, I mean, it just sounds like it's a company trying to make money. Yeah. So, so this company did, um, here's my brain failing me again, but they did the... <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. We've established no one comes no. here to learn anything. Just no. Relax. No, I... We'll lean into it. It's fine. Mm. 
um, who's what's the game that star st uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? They did the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, game yeah. that came out last year that was apparently quite good. Yeah, um, I've heard it's good. It wasn't like an online thing, but it did have some shooter shooter looter elements to it, like a lot of the RPG style plug in plug in and playing stuff that you that you find in these modern games. You know, like gold tier loot or blue purple tier loot was all sort of found here. Sure, yeah. Um, but it just didn't have that uh, multiplayer element, you know, like you couldn't have someone playing Groot and someone playing Star-Lord. Like it was just you swapping between the characters. And apparently yeah, okay. it was great. Um, cool. I didn't play it, but I've heard everyone who I've spoken to who's played it said it was a really good time, has a really great story. And this is the same studio that's doing the Justice League, uh, the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe and... that's why people are excited for it. Because, yeah, yeah. I, I heard a lot of good things about that that Guardians game. So maybe, yeah. you know, maybe it'll translate to an online fucking currency based loot box yeah. shooter look i don't know it looks kind of garbo to me it looks like they've got fortnite and smooshed like justice league and not justice league a suicide squad characters into the fortnite for me like harley quinn flying around like spider-man in fortnite like it's looking <laughs> real crazy like what a sentence um, <laughs> i mean that it just sounds like those high-level executive meetings are kind of not being distilled by, like, middle management. You know, the executives mm. get into a room and they're like, all right, we need a new game. We want Fortnite meets Marvel. And so that's yeah. exactly what they make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's real fucked. Um, the people were really pumped about it as well because apparently the, the studio was rumored to be working on a single-player Superman game, um, which would be pretty dope. Um, anyway... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't get is, into. Is the last Superman game Superman sixty four? I don't know, dude. No, I'm not sure. You're asking the wrong person. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really get into superhero stuff. Like, I'll watch it and you know, enjoy it. But I've never really like, you know, I don't have any of like the figurines or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not into it. Um, yeah, all, all power to you if you do like that stuff. It's just not for me. Yeah, totally. I mean. We all know that the best Marvel superhero is Blade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who could forget Blade, the blood orgy <laughs> scene? Yeah. <laughs> Daywalker himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bring him back. Oh, they, they probably are bringing him back, hey? Ah, oh, I mean, dude, it's everything is a cycle now. Like, yeah. it's just a matter of time until they remake The Matrix or some shit. Yeah. Um, so... Speaking of um, Looter Shooter Online, I, I started, this is, I, I have debated bringing this up on the pod, but so this is shameful, but here we go. <laughs> okay. I'm up. so ready. I'm this is so not ready. part of the news, by the way. This is just, <laughs> <laughs> this is an aside that sort of crept in because we talked about this. This this is actually another podcast we're starting up and we're just starting up this new podcast within the current podcast. You're not going to like the kind of podcast that I'm about to start. <laughs> oh, jeez. Right, here we right. go. Um, so, uh, you know how I love Chainsaw Man, big Chainsaw Man sim, right. lo love that anime, love that manga. I haven't kept, got up to date with all of the manga yet, but just because it hasn't come out in hard copy and I refuse to read it online because I'm a, I'm a hardcore baby boy. Wow. Um, all right. All right. So I probably should just read it online. I actually don't care that much, but I just, I like having, <laughs> I like having the book in my hand anyway, anyway. Um, so, uh, Chainsaw Man announced that they were, um, doing a what would you call it a collab uh -huh. with this mobile game called um goddess of victory nike okay and so um you might have seen some footage from goddess of victory nike it gets advertised every now and then um on youtube or on you know other various platforms 
Um, it's a waifu game. It's a waifu uh-huh. game. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, I bet it has literally millions of players, but that is an atrocious name. It has 10 million players, apparently. Jesus. Yeah. And it's a fairly new, as far as I know, I haven't really looked into it too much, uh, mobile game. Wow. And so, yeah, it's, it's doing well. Uh, they've got this collab with Chainsaw Man. Uh, and that's the whole reason that I got it. I was like, I just want to play the Chainsaw Man content and then get the hell out of there. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, uh, I haven't <laughs> been enjoying playing this Goddess of Nikkei game. It's like not a not a totally bad mobile game. <laughs> um, tell me, tell me more. But look, it's got a lot of um, you know egregious male gazy style stuff in it. You know that the waifus are extremely waifu-y. Um Right. So and- if for instance, I was a stranger sitting next to you oh, on a God. train this and I leaned friends. over. Would yeah. you be embarrassed? I, so I've played it on the train with people sitting next to me. I don't really care. Like, it's fine. It's not, it's not like they're nude or anything like that. It's just uh-huh. like, and most of the time it isn't that bad, but it's just every now and then you'll get a screen with like really, really jiggly bits on it. And it's like, okay, just, <laughs> just skip this bit, you know, like I don't, this is fine. And I, I, I skip most of that stuff personally anyway. Like I'm in it just for like the, um, the level up gameplay is really cool. And the actual oh like God. shooting They've stuff got is you. cool. Yeah, they've, <laughs> they've got, got you. They've got the serotonin hooks in your brain, dude. I, when you like roll a new character, which is like the process of like getting new waifus, it, the way that they make it look so good is so cooked. Like I, I know that when I was working on Puzzle Quest, I was like, okay, the chest opening animation needs to be fantastic. Like we need to have right. a beautiful like custom chest rig that's like. You know, when it comes down, it like bounces around and then like the light shoots out of the crack in it and it springs open and like the stuff flies out, all the you know, particles everywhere. Yeah. Like, I, I knew that that's, that that's what had to happen. Right. Um, and in, in this, they've just like said, okay, take that, multiply it by like 10. Like it's crazy <laughs> the like the level of um, attention to detail and, you know, good, good looking stuff that happens when you roll new characters in this game. Wow. Um, so yeah, there you go. I'm playing that piece of garbage. Wow. Yeah. I mean, no shade, you know, play, Thanks, man. Pl- play what makes you happy people. Yeah. Play what makes you happy. I don't know how much longer I'll play it for. I can sort of see myself getting sick of it, but it's, um, for now, wee waifus. Uh, <laughs> uh, so last piece of news, and this is a really undercooked one. You probably have more info on this than I do. Maybe. Oh, longer. interesting. Um, Embracer group has signed a major movie deal with Lord of the Rings. do you know about this yeah 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 um Um, so there's like an undisclosed number of lord of the rings movies set to be happening like they haven't tied any talent to them or any directors or anything like that to it but it's just like hey there's these new lord of the rings movies coming um warner bros and who else was it uh village yeah something like that some big big companies under the embracer group purchase that happened apparently um so yeah, there you go. New Lord of the Rings stuff that's probably going to stink real bad. I mean, yeah, it's just I can't believe this came up so quickly after I made the cyclical remaking the Matrix joke because that's mm. I mean these movies are just on the twenty year anniversary nugget, yeah. and my God, they still look fantastic. Um, so yeah, I mean this is just you know this is just a money making thing, and sure, like the original trilogy, like Peter Jackson wanted to make a billion dollars, but like dude also just loved the fuck out of Lord of the Rings, and um, yeah. 
you know, that really comes across. And even in his Hobbit trilogy, which I really don't like, I think they're trash, but dude loved The Hobbit so much that he just wanted to, like, explore every nook and cranny of that book and, like, turned out three overbloated movies. And, yeah. like, I, you know, if they if they can find someone like that again, um... You know, maybe maybe there'll be a fan base. And, like, I gotta say, like, the... Like, if we look at Star Wars, right? I mean, they didn't remake <laughs> the original trilogy with the prequels, but, like, all the people that watched the prequels as children love those movies now. Yeah. So, like, if this means that children get to grow, grow up with new Lord of the Rings movies in the cinema and then... They get older and they love Lord of the Rings and they go back and watch the original and read the book. Like, I think that's fucking cool. So, like, yeah, it sucks that things are just going to endlessly be remade until humanity's wiped out. But, like, <laughs> I kind of like that by doing so, they're keeping stuff like Lord of the Rings in the zeitgeist. That's a really interesting argument. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel... So, so when, like, Disney did like the live action um aladdin i like <laughs> i like wept you know and then they did like live action lion king which is like one of my favorite animated movies ever and it like it's like a heart-wrenching movie that genuinely makes me cry almost every time i watch it it's like and then mm -hmm. they did like the live action remake and i'm like this is this is so disappointing and it's like sure like if if it like introduces kids or people to those movies and maybe gets them to watch the original then that's good but uh, mm. i don't know man i i think like we just gotta let stuff die like we just got, <laughs> we just gotta let it die it lives yeah. in the annals of history and in our hearts and minds and when you have kids of your own you show them the movies and that's how they see the movies you know like it's not it's it shouldn't be like oh you know here's this chainsaw man collab that's how i watch chainsaw man like i don't want that for anyone <laughs> yeah okay you know like if you hear about chainsaw man from goddess of victory nike then you've got problems like that <laughs> and i think if you hear about like lord of the rings from whatever turd this you know multi-billion dollar conglomerate's gonna shit out and then, and then that makes you watch the original and i don't think that's that i don't like that's that's fine because then you, at least you get exposed to it but it's like the entry point is corrupt but talk about this with like, <laughs> like i love this it's so hilarious to you i think talking about this with um pokemon as well you know like there's there's like no good entry point these days it's just yeah. all it's all corrupt like, how dare you be born at a time where, like, the most accessible Pokemon is number 26 in the series? It's not their fault, though. Like, that, that's the problem. That's what I mean. We just got to let this stuff die. Like, let it, let it go. Let it go. Make something new. Oh, but cha-ching, you got you to gotta make that cash. Got to make that moolah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nostalgia is the, the tastiest of bitter fruits. <laughs> Oh, dude, you're back. Joe's back. He was yeah. he was having a brain sleep for a little while, but he's back in fine form. Yeah, I'm back, baby. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the last bit of news. Uh, sorry for that. <laughs> oh, no, that's been my favorite part of my morning. Um, oh, good, good, good. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck the new Lord of the Rings. Am I right? <laughs> Just watch the old ones. Like, go get them. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know how you even get them these days. 
the, the worst, I mean, they're on a bunch of streaming platforms, but the worst yeah. thing about this now is we've got to call the, like, the Lord of the Rings movies the old ones or the originals or some yeah. shit. Even though there's, you know, the original Lord of the Rings movie came out in, like, 1978. Nobody talks about that. Yeah. Um, that's that's a thing. Yeah. I mean, so he, I, I was thinking about this the other day as well, not with Lord of the Rings, but with Star Wars. So it's funny that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. Someone at work, it was JB, he was watching the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, that's a cracker. Yeah. That's so bad. So, like, it's not like this is, like, a new thing. You know, like, people have been doing this garbage for ages. And oh, so, totally. Yeah, it's, it's kind of just, like, whatever, par for the course, I guess. But there's something that, like really gets my goat about the Disney stuff. Um, and yeah. I'm sure there's like people who are huge Lord of the Rings fans that are like having their goat thoroughly gotten by this in, in an equally, <laughs> if, not, if not more egregious way. So yeah, I don't know. Totally. Um, and you want to know something that is really just wild to me? Do you mm. know who directed that live action Aladdin? Live action Aladdin? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, who did it? Guy Ritchie. Oh, what the heck? Okay. Uh, the Snatch guy, the yeah. Lock, Stock and Two Smoker Barrels guy. Dude did fucking live action Aladdin. And yeah, apparently that movie is not good, but you just look at the trailer and you're like, it. I mean, it just makes you feel a bit gross. And I don't know if that's because we have such strong ties to the the animated version, but yeah, it's mm. not It's not a good feeling to, to look at a screen that is showing live action Aladdin. I watched that movie on a plane. <laughs> that's where it deserves to be watched you know like yeah, the yeah. worst possible viewing experience just like on a plane over the atlantic ocean uh, yeah anyway um so yeah you got you got a juicy topic for us this week before i dive too deep into this whatever this mood is yeah fuck yeah i got a topic for you um so we're gonna talk about the illusion of choice in video games i i was researching this topic i was looking at a bunch of videos and i was like everyone sucks these all these opinions are wrong um so we're gonna do an original it's almost the weekend take um and we're gonna we're gonna indulge in some of that old-fashioned dialectic method which is the uh the old you know plato and socrates they like they choose a topic and they approach that topic from every direction they can think of and then eventually they land on the truth um hell yeah and like that's what did i say dialectic method that's just a fancy way of saying shooting the shit you know like (laughs) socrates was plato's student i mean wrong socrates was plato's drinking pal you know that's that's what really went on his podcast (laughs) co-host yeah exactly exactly um all right so i i guess like to to um, get get the discussion going. The best way I could think of is maybe to like ask a question around choices in video games. Sure. Um, so like the the main kind of thing that I saw in all my research was like there are heaps of video games that give you choices that aren't really choices. Um, and like when I was looking at the examples, these people were using, I was, I was like, not, I was not in agreement. Um, so I guess what I want to know when it comes to video game choices is like, what makes them good? Do Mm. they need to be impactful? Do they need to be fun? Do they need to be entertaining? 
Um, so like there's a couple of avenues to go down, but I thought I'd just um, establish a, a couple of different types of choices. Because like I think the, the main two are story choices and gameplay choices. Okay. Um, so we'll kick off with story choices. And you just, you just jump in here and interrupt whenever you've got a, a thought ribbon to grab onto. Sure. Um, all right. So I thought a pretty good example of like story choice is The Walking Dead, those, those like original Telltale games. Oh, yeah. Um, and man, when The Walking Dead came out, I was singing that praise, the praise of that game to everyone. I was like buying that game for people's birthdays. And like, I remember just badgering you about playing it. And I, I never did. Yeah, I remember you said you, you started it, but the animations were so atrocious that you were just like, it can't be done. <laughs> um, yeah, they're pretty bad. And, and agree, hard agree. The, the animations are, are not, not so hot in, in that game. Um, but yeah, so there are a bunch of story choices in Walking Dead. Um, maybe we'll just talk about that first season, which is like five episodes. Sure. Um, so like each episode generally has like a climax, right? where, like, the choices you've made during the episode impact whether certain characters live or die. Um, And there are some intense situations along the way. Um, But the thing is, the ending is pretty much the same um, in in that series, which is, you know, like a pretty big series when it comes to, like, story choices. And if that's, like, the kind of vibe... um, you're leaning towards or that's the kind of vibe you feel like i feel like walking dead is a good is a good game for it um and so there there are a bunch of games that have story choices that drastically change the ending um one of them is the stanley parable which we'll talk about a little bit later that's got like 19 possible endings um but yeah like that walking dead season it's 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 got two endings and they're really similar so yeah. it's it, i found that interesting right because a lot of these video essays were like you know none of these choices matter because like the ending is really similar and it's like well that's that's not true because yeah. you're making a lot of choices that change the trajectory of the story during each episode and yeah. like while maybe it doesn't have this like grand ending that uh, you know, brings in every choice you made. Um, it's still like, uh, I don't know, you're making choices and like, I don't know, I, I feel like those choices are still really impactful, even though they might just be for the moment. Totally. It's like the argument of like, you know, it doesn't matter what you pick for dinner, you'll be full by the time you're done anyway. It's like, <laughs> you know, like... oh my God, that's an excellent analogy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like at the restaurant, it's like everyone's going to choose something different and everyone's going to have a different experience. We're all going to have to pay and be full at the end, you know, like it's, it's the same thing. Oh my God. I wish you would get a video essay together just to <laughs> put that shit out there. Um, so yeah, hard agree, hard agree. Mm. Um, and so uh, the other the other side of the coin is, is gameplay choices. Um, and I'm pretty sure no one really expects an answer around gameplay choices if i'm like hey you know which video game do you like to play that offers a lot of choices um because like i mean if i can just have another reason to mention slay the spire like the gameplay choices in that game is for like it's god tier you know every action every card you play path you pick relic you get like everything 
informs like the next choice you make. Yeah. Um, and so it's awesome and like it feels really good. And when you lose, you lose because you made the wrong choices. Like it's very rare, even on the highest difficulties, to just, you know, have a, a mean, unwinnable run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we've got story choices, we've got gameplay choices, and then we've got the melding of the two. Um, and I thought it would be a good idea to mention Bioshock here, because mm-hmm. even though um, it got a lot of flack for its kind of lack of endings, and um, or at least it, you know it gets some criticism today around being a bit rudimentary in that department. Um, I thought it does like a, a pretty good job of of melding story and gameplay choices. So like, um, I, I guess a, a spoiler warning for mm. for original Bioshock. But uh, after after you play the game for a little while, you've got this gameplay choice where you rescue or harvest the little sisters, um, and they're the, they're the like little children that run around. Um, and so you, you different things happen to your playthrough depending on on what you choose so like um there's this resource called adam which allows you to like get new power-ups and that kind of thing Mm. um so if you harvest the little sisters you get 160 adam and if you rescue them you get 80 adam but later on in the game they start like helping you out and leaving you little packages um so you know you've got a kind of like choice there that impacts your gameplay um and also just like the choice in itself is kind of impactful. Like, I remember when I first played that game, I was like, fuck, yeah, going to harvest this little sucker. And, like, I felt bad afterwards. I was like, mm. oh, you, like, stick your hand down their throat and it's, like, pretty full on. And I was like, mm, that didn't make me feel so good. Um, and so rescue or harvest. And then depending on what you do, the story is impacted. Mm. So, like, there's three endings, right? You get a good ending if you rescue all the little sisters. So, like, you end up escaping rapture and you adopt them and they, like, care for you into old age and that's real sweet and it's obviously the good ending. Um, and then you've got the bad ending. And and so if you harvest some of the little sisters, um, they take over the city and they use technologies, uh, technology to steal nuclear weapons and it's all cooked. Yeah. Obviously a bad ending. Um, and then you've got like the third, it's like the 2.5 ending. So if you harvest every single one of the little sisters, it's the same as the band, the bad ending, but the narrator is really angry. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he says the same stuff, but he's just real mad about it. Uh, right. Um, and so, like, do you think, like, any of these endings were really satisfying based on those choices? Um, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I don't even remember the end. I think I got the good ending. I don't think I harvested any of the little sisters. I remember them. The, the good endings where they're, like, at your hospital bed with you, right? That's the good ending? Yeah, and they, yeah. like, put, put all their hands on your hand and yeah. you, like yeah you fade away yeah yeah um i don't know i don't i don't really know like that 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 whole system kind of felt like a little separate to the whole point of the game to me maybe mm. i don't know like it was mm. like you know this um like a resource economy balance 
game about escaping from this terrible fate that you found yourself in and then there's also this like moral thing that's happening on top where it's like do i kill the child in the video game um mm, and then that being the emphasis of the ending but like a little bit of an angle strange angle but um yeah i think they, they they all were okay like it's not like there was like a really disagreeable part of those endings to me what about you yeah i mean i thought the the endings themselves were okay i think we've we've talked about the the final boss problem that mm. games of that era suffered from and, and bioshock was no different um but yeah the ending itself i mean it just kind of felt fine and like you say the game wasn't really about the ending mm. um and i feel like a, a lot of games that have um you know like i guess the story in bioshock isn't overly amazing but you know it's got like a lot of atmosphere and world building and the endings in games like those don't always kind of I don't know, hit the mark for me, but it kind of almost doesn't matter. Like it's, it's kind of like your, uh, your meal at a restaurant analogy where like, right. if you enjoyed the meal so much, like if you don't enjoy the last bite, are you going to hate the whole meal? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so moving moving on to endings there's a there's a couple of games that have like more complicated endings that i really love um one of the games that really jumps out for me when it comes to multiple endings is catherine um have you ever played catherine no i haven't but i remember watching twilight priest play it hell yeah yeah well uh he he recommended it to me as well and and we we played through together um and i think there's a new like release out now catherine full body and it like adds a bunch of stuff yeah right um it was the the developers who did persona 5 this was what they did before persona 5 um anyway the the endings in that game feel really meaningful because like your this fucking rat bag that basically chooses to uh, indulge in infidelity and like cheat on your girlfriend and all kind of stuff. And it's, uh, I mean, it's not too dissimilar from like a waifu game because you're like meet all these women and then you're like, okay, like the ending I want is to end up with this woman. Right. Um, and so you've, you know, you do everything you, you can to, to try and get that ending. But like, because the choices, I mean, they feel well designed in that game. Like it's not always super clear, um, like if you make a certain choice that, and you think it's going to end with you going on a date with this person. Like that's not always the case. Um, yeah, right. And so, yeah, Catherine, pretty, pretty sick example of like uh, multiple endings where they feel impactful. Um, I feel like it would be a bit weird to not talk about Bioware games, at oh, least yeah. golden age Bioware games. Um, and like they, they do that a really good job of like constant decision making you know where like you save this person you betray this other person actually i have a close friend who will rename who will remain nameless who's probably listening to this podcast <sighs> and they made the choice to kill grunt in mass effect one and i think about this all the time i think about the kind of headspace you need to be in to kill grunt you know is it's it's that scene on the beach and like 
he's all mad about the genophage because oh right you know his whole species and you can just shoot him you can just you can just put him down and and my buddy put him down and like not only did he put him down but he told me about it and i think about it all the time i i yeah it it worries me yeah right um but yeah despite all the contention around how mass effect ended those games did really good a really good job of like just when you're in the moment and you're making decisions like that's when those bioware games were at their best totally yeah i think people yeah like you said give that that game in particular a lot of guff because the ending kind of felt like it all sort of centered back to the middle thing and it all felt kind of pointless but yeah mm-hmm. I, I stand by my original restaurant argument where it's like yeah you know that is the case and but like how how do you write enough endings for everyone to have their own unique version where like you know all of the important choice quote unquote important choices that they made along the way inform exactly how the ending plays out you know like based on how many different variables there'd be like you know right. 300 different endings it's just like not a scopable thing for a studio to do um, totally. and pro- probably not even that satisfying in the end like i don't i don't know maybe it is who knows maybe we'll get yeah that. well i yeah i think the bioware games are a little bit of an outlier just because you play the same characters and follow the same story over multiple games and like your choices carry over between a couple of games and like so i think the expectation for a big payoff is much greater because like if you played those when they were coming out you literally played all these games for like six years or some shit seven years and then copped the ending that they copped and like i watched phoebe play through that remaster that came out a couple of years back yeah and fuck yeah those endings suck like yeah. they are really bad and it's it's just feels like they're i don't know it just feels like they're out of touch you know like maybe the developer did run out of money or some shit like it, it just they they seem so bad that something must have gone on behind the scenes to make them that way because there's so much good writing in those games and yeah. it just yeah it felt very strange um yeah cool so a couple of uh games that i did want to bring uh specific attention to were spec ops the line and stanley parable i feel like they're two games that kind of sit at the top of the commentary around the illusion of choice in video games right um so spec ops leans more towards that idea that as a military captain any choice you have is literally an illusion like you're following orders the war itself is so much bigger than you um and then yeah there end up being some really heavy scenes where you're trying to do the right thing and like you know the video game gives you license to do the right thing um but your intentions get twisted up in just trying to survive um and it's it's really cool i feel like the choices in that game are just like awesome and it's it's crazy that like i don't know the the two games that i've i've wanted to talk about the most which was spec ops and stanley parable like these are old fucking games at this point like both of these games are over 10 years old yeah um and that's that's wild to me that that they're still kind of right up there um and yes, yeah, similarly, like Stanley Parable is, um, I, I mean, if you're into determinism, I feel like <laughs> that's a must play. Like, 
um, you know, I love the idea that the narrator tells you to turn left and you've got two doors in front of you. Yeah. That's just like, you know, that's like in The Matrix when Neo goes to the Oracle and she's like, uh, don't worry about the vase. And then he breaks the vase. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. She, and she's like, what's really going to bake your noodle is, would you have broken the vase if I didn't say anything? Yeah, and yeah. I fucking love that shit. That yep. shit is is super tight. And yeah, Stanley Parable's just fucking chock full of determinism com- commentary. Yeah. Um. And yeah, they they like uh, Stanley Parables is is unique to me in that they achieve this amazing thing where like the choices are both important and meaningless at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And yeah, that's I don't know if you could do that in a video game that isn't as self-aware as the Stanley Parable. Yeah. Yeah. Stanley Parable is like a very specific example, you know, like I don't think there's any other games out there like Stanley Parable. Right. Um, that go out of their way to like over and over and over and over again, like force, not force the player, but ask the player, like what exactly are you doing? You know, like what's mm-hmm. the choice here? Um, so yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, nice man. Any any other tidbits you got for us? Um, I'm I'm kind of running out of tidbits in my uh, note scattershot document. Um, that's awesome. That's right. I guess I guess one of the things that I I wanted to end on was like um, any memorable video game choices for you. Um, yeah, I got two two recent or oh, one recent one and one not so recent one. So the recent one is um, season. Oh yeah, um, there was some really neat little choices in this game that did not matter, but that were well, they didn't matter in the large scheme of things, but had like little macro meaning. Mm-hmm. So like, at a couple of points, you would like meet people, and um, they would you would have like a little interaction with them, and maybe you would help them realize something, and then they would like tell you a story, or they would sing you a song, or there would be like some you know thing that you would both witness together. And you yeah. had the option every single time to record that moment or not not record that moment. Oh, interesting. Um, so yeah, and I thought that was really neat. Like you could just have this moment with this person that was just like lost to the ages, you know, like a nice little right. commentary about like, you know, not having to have your camera out at the concert style, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> yeah, style commentary. Yeah. Um, but it was really um, potent in this example because a lot of the times it was like a beautiful little song that like, you know, I recorded almost all of them, but um, it felt like it could have even been more perfect to not record most of them. Like yeah, the fact, the that's fact really that I have cool. them is like, it's nice for the fact that my job is to record history before the season ends. And now that I have these really beautiful little examples of what history is like, but it's also like, you know, these people are gone now and like, well, they're, they're supposed to be gone after the season changes. And so, you know, the only thing that remains of them being this recording or the fact that I, I just remember them is also a really nice thing to sort of dwell on. Yeah. Um, so I thought that yeah, was really totally. cute. That game also has like a pretty big choice at the end, which I don't know if I want to spoil because I would really love for you to play season. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. But yeah, there's there's choices in that game that yeah that that are really nice, uh, and I think it did them really well. Uh, or the other one was The Witcher, The Witcher Three. Oh shit! Okay, that's um, that's that's one of the uh, 
examples I've got as well. So which choice was it for you? It wasn't necessarily one choice. It was just like the amalgam of all the choices because it was like in the end I got the bad ending. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's another thing I think about all the time. Yeah, the way I'm I just got the bad like, ending. Oh my god, because the bad ending is so fucking bad in that game. Yeah, I was just like, what, 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 what did you do, or what yeah. didn't you do? Like, I feel like things went very wrong. I think I just made a couple of really bad choices um, that tipped it over the the line. I just tried to be a good dad. <laughs> tried too hard, apparently. Um, got so far. Yeah, no, uh, it was it was a very memorable ending to me because of, like, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing all the time. And that game doesn't show you necessarily each time you make the choice. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, Siri will remember this style stuff. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, hey, you know, you did that and now everyone's moving on. Um, they might have totally. a little bit of dialogue afterwards or whatever, but, you know, it's like that's kind of it. And then in yeah. the end, it all culminates and, and then you get your ending. And I like that about that game. Yeah, that, that's a good point, actually. That game does have really good endings based on, on all the choices that you make. And yeah, just that ambiguity where it's not clear to you if you're making good choices or bad choices, you're just making choices. They fucking nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, I mean, my... My standout choice from The Witcher 3 is uh, trashing the room with Siri. Oh, yes, yes. I feel like that was just such an endearing thing to do um, with that character. You know, I I remember, like, I think it was a time choice. Like, she's... Yeah. I, I think she's playfully kind of smashing some plates or something, and you can, like stop her or do something else and i was just like nah fucking join in son and i just i remember having the best time and i felt like that was one of the choices that definitely made a difference in like how how she perceives you as a as a parental figure yeah i think i told her not to smash the plates (laughs) i think that's what happened (laughs) yeah Um, yeah yeah, that's awesome. Uh, uh, another couple of ones that I wanted to mention um, that aren't in my history of games that I've talked about, but ones that Tim Rogers has mentioned in his various videos that I'm, oh, re- yeah. I'm re-watching um, one of them right now is the Boku no Natsu Yasumi game, mm-hmm. um, where you get to make a series of choices during your holiday um, as a young boy on a holiday in rural Japan at his grandparents' house, um, yeah. uh, where you kind of just have a given free reign and it feels as though your choices don't really have uh an impact on anything because that's kind of the vibe that it sets it's like yeah you're on holiday go and you can either make the most of it or you can just chill just do nothing you don't have to make any choices at all if you don't want to you just chill at home which is kind of a choice in and of itself right um and then you get like i think there's i don't know 12 different endings or something to that game which are all just really short little cutscenes that play out yeah yeah and um i love the commentary around like you know, if you try to optimize your holiday, it's like actively telling you that that's not a good thing. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a really interesting take, I think, on um, like an invisible number, sort of like in The Witcher, how it's like an invisible meter that Siri has in her head. That's like good dad, bad dad. Um, <laughs> totally. That's like, you know, uh, having a, a carefree holiday or like perfectly curating your holiday so that it becomes like a numbers game where you're like trying to do the exact right thing every time Um, yeah yeah. so yeah i think that's really like like 
it's it's not even like a surface level experience. And I think Tim talks about this in this video, in this video. it's like most people play this game once, maybe twice. That commentary is lost on most people because they don't know that there exists a perfect quote unquote ending. Right. Um, and so it's just like, that's just the game, you know, you just have a little holiday and that in itself is also kind of like a nice idea. Like mm. that, that there's this like totally hidden, um, not motivation, but totally hidden aspect to like the choice system in the game that, that is there for, for people who want to dig into it if they so wish. Um, yeah. But on yeah. a surface level, that still works, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and similar with the, the dating game that he spoke about. What was that one called? Do you remember? Oh, um, oh, fuck. Yeah. I love that video so much. Oh, God, what is it called? No, I'll remember it in a sec. Just plow on. It'll, uh, it'll come back. Uh, Toki Making Memorial. Turkey making memorial that's the one yeah uh that uh, another sort of similar sentiment right like it's you can optimize your and get the the best girl on from, from the front of the box but there's um what what happens in that do you remember can you remind me how that yeah yeah so i mean Turkey making memorial was just fucking complicated as fuck to try and optimize things to get the girl on the front of the box so like there, there are a bunch of people to date in that game and they kind of all have different difficulty levels. Um, but yeah, I remember Tim just micromanaging like every single choice in the entire game and yeah. like he still wasn't sure despite his like, you know, penchant for being able to do that kind of thing really yeah. well. Like it, it's not until you kind of go by the um the the maple or the oak tree at the end of the game that it reveals yeah. who who loves you after three years of high school um and like when he was doing his final playthrough playthrough where he had played through it a lot and he knew like all the characters all the choices and he was like i'm still not sure if i'm gonna get the girl in the box and like yeah that that is extreme right like yeah. i think tokimeki memorial begs you to replay that game yeah and and kind of craft a kind of flow chart in your head around what all the characters are doing why they're doing certain things what their personalities are like yeah um i mean yeah there's a lot of management in that game that um boku no natsuyasumi definitely is not about you yeah, know it's yeah, almost the yeah. opposite it's like hey maybe maybe you should just enjoy your time while you're here and Toki Meki Memorial's like, you better be playing this 12 more times yeah. to get all the <laughs> juice out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I think dating games and like, it kind of is an interesting aspect to like the choice in, in video games mattering. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And similarly, the, the idea of like a little holiday game where your choices all kind of add up to a unique ending is also kind of cool. Um, so yeah, that, those are the two little tidbits I wanted to throw in there at the end. Yeah, sick. And I think I think that's it, right? Like I think there are kind of two types of games when it comes to like how choices impact your kind of rating of the game. So mm -hmm. like there's the dating games like Catherine or Tokimeki Memorial, where like it really feels like you are working towards the ending the entire time. Um, where there, and, and then there are the other games like the Telltale games where like the joy is in making the choices along the way and it's not 
you know, you're just kind of along for the ride. You're not yeah. really that aware of how things are going to end when you're playing that game for the first time. Yep, 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 totally. Um, but yeah, I think you hit it on the head straight away where it's like, either way, I think it's about enjoying the choices you make as you go. Um, the old restaurant analogy, order the meal you, you want and then enjoy it while you're eating it. Yeah, that's right. That's life, baby. That's just life. (laughs) Oh, shit. And, oh, man. Like, obviously, this is a pretty big topic. There's so many video games that have, like, incredible mechanics when it comes to choice. I mean, we didn't even mention Disco Elysium. That is is a huge one. And there's so many choices in that game that that really matter. Um, Despite the ending kind of being the same, regardless of those choices. But, yeah, it's it's about the journey. Like... Are you uh, a, a sorry, boring cop who's just sorry about everything he's done in his past? Or are you, like, an aggressive, gun-toting fascist? <laughs> or anything in between. <laughs> or anything in between, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. All right, man. You ready to wrap her up for us? That's all I got. Let's wrap this shit up. Hope you all have a lovely weekend and we'll catch you. Oh my God. We'll catch you next week when it's the 52nd episode, the one year Annie. I still don't know what we're doing. I still don't know what we're doing either. Um, Yeah. (laughs) What do we do? Do we panic? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we swap characters for the episode. I play Darian and you play I don't know. I don't think I don't think I can um be eloquent enough, you know, <laughs> like I I'd, I'd have to consciously not arm an R every fucking two words. So oh, that's it's happening. Yep, yep, yep. Oh well. <laughs> I think we're actually pretty similar, you know, like I don't think we'd swap characters and be like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> There's actually just one host to this podcast. Oh no, we're the same person. Yeah. Um all right, well uh hold out for that sweet hot ep and yeah. uh We'll see you then. All right. Good night. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.